0: Inner voice. A heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian.
1: Break free from the forces holding you back get the life you deserve, eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results, getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory in the palm of your hand. Download the
2: Fuzhan app today. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with my guests and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujan Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. It's so great to be with all of you today. I want to tell all of you wonderful coaches or people who want to be coaches, or you haven't been coaches for a long time, whether you're a business coach or life coach, um, we have an amazing course for you. It's called Essentials of Coaching. So I love to bring the Essentials of Coaching uh, for you. I've been a therapist and a coach, a life coach for 30 years. I have my colleague, Dr. Nicole Jafari, who's gonna be with us also, and she's a master coach and teaches other coaches. And together, we're bringing you a whole particular curriculum which is experiential you get to practice we'll teach you all aspects of coaching and listening and talking and specific measures of how to create your coaching businesses and then you know we also have the awareness integration theory that gives you an access of exactly how to go and be with your client and take him from point a to point b with you know reaching all of their goals how to be in the present moment clear the past and you know create an amazing future not only for yourself as a business coaches and uh, life coaches, but also for your clients and all the goals they want. So contact me at um, fujanzain at uh, gmail.com. For all of you uh, psychotherapists who would like to be certified as a therapist and be on Fujan app as um, the therapists or coaches who are familiar uh, and certified by the awareness integration model please let us know I love for all of you to be there. Remember, we're going to take this to 8 billion people. We need all of you. We need all of us to collaborate to be able to take this model everywhere um, in order to create an amazing life and fulfilling life for everyone who's on earth. So we're going to do this together. Um, in this episode, I am excited to chat with Shweb Ahmad, a legal defense attorney the owner and the president of asa law group and asa law group inc he is the author of a new book personal business using the asa way to build an inspired and purposeful team he's offering a tried and tested leadership approach that prioritizes the individual workers and you can find it as uh, books.forbes.com and um We had an amazing conversation um, and it's uh, about how to be you, how to be authentic, how to be um, all of you, your vulnerabilities, your strengths, your resiliency, the best of you and the parts of you that need caring and how it as a culture of caring and commitment, we can come together and um, be ourselves. And... um, be out there powerfully together and build a a wonderful, wonderful, um, community that can concentrate on working and moving forward together. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you enjoy as much as I did. Now subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel Connect with me through my website, or any of the social medias. I'm all over LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, X, Twitter. Um, so please, please contact me. Share with me your thoughts, your views. Um, share with me the topics you want to learn about. I love hearing from you. Really, I love hearing from you. So connect with me. Now, without further ado, here's Shwei.
1: Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.
2: Welcome to the show. Shway Mahman, it's so nice to have you.
0: Very nice to have you, doctor.
2: Well, you are a legal uh, defense attorney, but you turned into an amazing author. Your book is out, Personal Business. Um, First, just let us know, how come? Why did you do it? Which is part of like a chapter actually in your book. Why do it? So I'm asking you, why do this?
0: (laughs) Um, Well, I was probably just naive enough to do it. Um, No, I I really did it because it was uh, a part of the long journey that started a long time ago. And this whole notion of personal versus professional, et cetera, just kind of became, you know, something that people just had two views on. So anytime I went to the bookstore, anytime I went to look at resources, it was you know, you got your personal section on personal, you know, bettering yourself, personal development, and then you had the business aspect of it, you know, whether it be marketing, finance, and leadership, books, and things like that, and I just never found a resource that almost incorporated both of them, and I found that they're actually more interrelated than ever right now because of post-COVID, but even before COVID, I just felt those two aspects of your life are are so intertwined that there was really no resource that really talked about that and so that was one of my main reasons of writing the book
2: it's beautiful and yes it is so true that all of these really affect each other and it's interesting that the arrow is more potent when your personal experiences personal life whether it's your attitude or your relationships um, when it doesn't work, whether it's your health, it doesn't work, your relationships don't work, it's going to really, really affect your business. And that arrow is much stronger and in some sense. So can you share a little bit about that
0: yeah,
2: a, journey, maybe in how you decided that this impacted so much that you needed to share and write for others?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in the book, I kind of talk about my original experience you know, with how personal kind of impacts are professional. You know, after law school, I in law school, I concentrated on litigation, which basically means I took a lot of courses that talked about trials and things like that. And so I was pretty prepared. My first job out of law school, you know, was working for a a plaintiff firm, uh, and we were trial lawyers. And I was handed an assignment to go argue a motion in court, and that was my very first one um however the the substance of the motion wasn't really challenging um you know i kind of knew what the arguments were going to be i was pretty well prepared um and so on the day of the hearing i was there and uh, just waiting for the case to be called and um just kind of i was pretty confident i knew what to say i kind of anticipated what the other attorney was going to argue um i had the case law down i knew the rules i was good to go um and then our case finally got called And when I went up there and um, uh, opposing counsel started his argument and he started making his, you know, foundational arguments, which I knew exactly what he was gonna argue. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I got this. This is pretty, this is exactly what I thought was gonna happen. Uh, Anyhow, when he was making the argument, the way he was making it, and he was so dramatic and very theatrical, uh, both with his gestures and his voice, almost almost screaming at certain parts of his argument. And when that started happening, for whatever reason, it kind of really triggered something inside of me, where I started to um, get you know really nervous and almost started shaking. And I could feel myself just closing up. I I couldn't remember the arguments anymore that I prepared for. Um, and the, and even though I was looking at the judge as if you know i i was I was present I really wasn't present uh, and then when the judge then said you know uh, counsel it's your turn uh, for the rebuttal I, you know nothing came out of my mouth um and it was a point where the judge looked at me and said mr ahmed make your argument and i couldn't um, I knew what to say. I was very prepared, but there was something that happened in that courtroom. Um, and then afterwards, when opposing counsel came up to me and said, Hey, Schwabe, what happened? And I said, I have no clue what the hell happened. Uh, you know, there's something that happened in that courtroom that just stuck with me ever since then. And that almost kind of led to my journey of trying to figure out what the hell happened that day um, and why did I react the way that I reacted. And it's kind of dissecting that because that is a clear, clear story of how personal impacts your professional and and vice versa.
2: Absolutely. It is so true that when we are not necessarily cleaned up um, inside that anything from the outside can trigger. And the minute that emotional trigger is there, we go into this like personal tunnel that we have no access almost to the reality of the outside so uh really checking in and part of your book says and one of your chapter is be true to yourself like really look at who you are what your strengths are um and and honor it in a sense so can you share a little bit about what you what you mean by be true to yourself
0: yeah you know that's that's a great question because one of the things i've realized is in corporate America, at least um, it's almost this, you know, sense of uh, an award, if you will, if you're able to kind of leave your baggage at home. And then when you're at work, you're expected to be this person, that person. Um, Nobody wants to know, nobody wants to really know or or even hear about your baggage. Um, And so even though you probably are going through something really traumatic in your personal life, don't talk about it at work, um, leave your crap at home. Uh, and the people that can do that are looked at as as people who are really good leaders, who are very focused on the task, they can handle it. Otherwise you bring that baggage into work, You know, there's this uh, stigma that you're distracted or that you can't handle the stress, you can't handle the pressure. Uh, and so a lot of times we almost look at this trait as something that's very admirable. Like, hey, you can go to work and you can shut everything else off and you can focus on your task. That's that's great. But the fact of the matter is, that's not really how long-term success works. At some point, that stuff will catch up to you. And it does uh, come in, in play with your work and how you treat people and how you approach every, every single day at work. And part of the challenge is being authentic right? And we, and, and you hear about this a lot in a lot of books that talks about authenticity, you know, being true to yourself, but when it comes to transcending beyond your personal life into your professional life, all of a sudden, all that authenticity, it's, you know, it's, why don't you say that when you get, when you get back home, uh, and then at work, you're, you have these expectations, you got to do it. Um, and, and part of the challenge with that is if you're not authentic, a hundred percent, whether you'd be at home or whether you be at work you almost sense of you almost lose a sense of who you are and that's what was happening to me you know in my book i do talk about my personal journey because it serves as a foundation of my leadership thought and one of the personal journeys i talk about just being authentic uh free from cultural norms free from societal norms you know free from you know your your professional expectations you know, it's almost like you're being a different people at different times, right? You're, you know, shweb at work, and then you're shweb at, you know, at, at, um, at home, you're shweb with your kids, you're shweb, you're fun shweb with your friends. So you have all these different personalities almost, depending upon what context you're in. Um, and, and obviously, there's some value into that, obviously, because when, you know, in certain contexts, certain behaviors are expected, there's certain protocols, I get that. But when you're so many different personalities in different situations, you almost lose a sense of who you really are. Uh, And that's what really happened to me. Because when I was at work as a lawyer, I'm expected almost to be very robotic, non-emotional. Nothing can get to me. You know, I'm this, you know, aggressive litigator. um, And I I can't show any emotions or anything like that. And it's almost looked at as a weakness. Uh, But what I found out is, when you're able to incorporate a true, authentic person of who you are, regardless of what situation or context you're in, you may find yourself on an Island by yourself, which is okay, because it beats the heck out of, you know, coming home and all of a sudden being like, okay, I'm done with that. Now I can be this person. Um, and also I, I've, I found that it created a lot of authentic relationships And I feel like that's what's been lacking, you know, especially after post COVID, we're not in person as much as we used to be. We don't have that, you know, one-on-one time, like FaceTime, at least that, that we once had. And once you're your authentic self, you know, there's people that may may not like you and that's okay. But there are going to be people who genuinely like you in terms of what your story is and how to connect. One of the blessings of writing this book I've had friends for, you know, I've had some friends over 20 years who have, after I have writing my book came to me and said, Hey, did you know about my personal journey? And they started talking about things. And I've, and I've known these people for a lifetime, or at least I thought I did. And these journeys of these stories that I was hearing, and I thought to myself, boy, when I was growing up, I wish I wish someone came to me and told me, hey, I've kind of been through what you've gone through. You know, this is not abnormal. You're not you know, you're not you're not some crazy kid that's having these weird thoughts in your head. Um, and so just having those conversations and those dialogues. Now I'm, on, I'm connected on a whole different level with these people uh, because we were able to sit down and have that very authentic conversation.
2: So true, so true what you're saying, because I developed a psychology model called awareness integration. And one of the things that I see uh, and have seen in this past 30 years is exactly what you say, where, you know, we develop our um, value systems, behaviors, thoughts and emotions based on our role. So when we have a role as, you know, a child to our parents, you know, or a member of this kind of a society, whether it's an American or an Indian, or an Arab, or Iranian, or Hispanic, or, you know, European, then we form to that when we're in this society, then, you know, we have an intimate relationship, then we form our um, who we are as a wife, or a husband, um, or a mate, then we're a parent, and we, you know, do that. And then we go into, like you said, a a type of a business, and then we follow all of that. Sometimes it's interesting, because um, if we don't, if we're not connected to the core self like the true self that you were talking about which it can actually have some certain values and certain belief systems that it upholds regardless of you know all of the roles that it's in there uh then we get fragmented we get separated so you could walk in and be an attorney or a corporate person or a leader and you know uh, really just hold on to a whole different set of values and you know be Brutal. Like I've talked to businessman who says, well, being brutal and lying is okay in this instance. But, you know, if you do the same thing at home, you're going to get a different type of a consequence. Um, I've had, you know, worked with a lot of attorneys. I have a huge population of attorneys that I work with. And one of the things they get used to in eight hours to ten hours of a fighting mode, you know, always looking at the strategies and looking at you know non trust issues and uh, looking at the angles where they could win the case. And they come exactly the same way when they're home with their mate or their uh, their children, and that strategy doesn't work anymore. However, when you look at how you have great skills in each one of these roles and how you could incorporate them and like you in your book, you also talk about a holistic approach. If I can bring all of my skills, all of my strengths and unify them and then have the ability to, to see and assess which one is appropriate in what role, but at least I am coming from a holistic place. I'm not fragmented. I'm not you know, all kind of separated as if I don't have access to my other part. But if I have access to all of my parts and then see, yes, at this court, at this meeting, at this space, at this vulnerable and intimate moment, um, which, you know, where, from where am I sharing? Then you're coming from that wholeness and bringing your true self with all of your skills at every location. And that is what makes us, you know, the, the like an, what, you say, what you share about an authentic person. That can be anywhere, Um, and you don't, you know, this also minimizes hell of a lot of anxiety, right? Because you're not, you're not hiding anything. You're not separate from yourself, and your confidence is high. You're solid. You're kind of like grounded as you move into different spaces of business or personal. Is that what your experience has been?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It gives you a, a good compass when you're making decisions. You know, whether it be personal decisions with your kids or you're making professional decisions with your organization, you know, it's different types of decisions, but the compass is the same um, because that's that's coming from you uh, internally. You know, and part of the challenge, you know, is, you know, I think nowadays, especially now, people want to share their stories. Um, people are going through a hell of a lot more than ever, you know, every single week, it's almost something else going on in our crazy world, right? I mean, you just turn the TV on and it's just a bunch of uh, ne- negative messages that you're just being hit upon. And then on top of that, you're dealing with your own you know, personal journey, you're dealing with your own personal struggles. And I think people are looking for ways of how do I, you know, because I think the loneliness, I and mean, then there's there's research upon research now, Um, on how lonely people are now, right? Especially now post-COVID and the loneliness and the thoughts that go into your mind as you're just working from home and don't really have a lot of human interaction. And I think people do want to be vulnerable. And I think people do want to talk about the stories. I think people want to be authentic, but I think there's a misalignment between what individuals want and the work environment. Because for whatever reason, that environment has slightly shifted but it, I mean, because of post-COVID, but it truly hasn't, you know? I mean, I understand, I run a business, I run three of them. So I understand the importance of bottom line, I understand the revenues, I understand you know, the PLNL statements and all that, I get it. But, you know, there's something else going on here. And because your workforce has permanently changed, but yet your approach to running the business and the atmosphere that you're creating hasn't changed as much as, you know, the workforce is demanding at this point. And so, yeah, you know, I, I've heard individuals say, you know, Shweb, I, I love what you have to say. That's great. I would love to be myself 100% of the time. Um, but, you know, when I go into work, if I have these conversations with my employer, for instance, you know, I don't want to be left out of a promotion or an opportunity because the employer is going to look at me in a different way. Uh, Or that it's so ingrained into our mind that leave your shit at home. Like, you know, just don't even talk about it. And if you do, there's this sense of, oh yeah, I get it. Everybody's going through something, you know, it's, it's almost very, almost blown off and people are just, just very cautious of that. So it's almost a distrust between, yeah, I want to do this, but can I really, you know, and how how is that going Im- to impact my well being in the future?
2: I think that there's a diff- distinct difference. And share, you know, share with me what you hear from me and what your experience is. Um, there's a difference between, um, if I bring my vulnerabilities or, um, emotional holds and kind of bring it into a work or, you know, a professional arena. And I kind of like dump it on the table and then wait for other people to take care of it, or that I'm bringing both, I'm bringing my vulnerability, but I'm also bringing my strength. So it's more like sharing that this is what I'm going through. Um, I just wanted to share it and be out. So you have an understanding of what I'm going through, but I'm all, I'm still committed to doing this, this list because that's, you know, and this is, I'm committed to take care of myself as I'm doing this. And I request your support in these ways, whether it's for, for my emotions or my commitments. So I think it, it some people, some people shiver around bringing their vulnerability because they think that's the only thing that, you know, that they're putting on the table. And what if you bring all of it? Like you bring your vulnerability, but you also have a lot of strength. That's why you're in that place and you're in, you know, success. That's why you have that role. So if you bring both of them, right, as you, as you share, like your holistic self is not there, not just your vulnerability, um, then that's different. You know, yes, you could bring your vulnerability to me as a therapist and just we'll, we'll delve into it. I'll take care of you in the session, but taking your vulnerability only and putting it on, you know, kind of lap of everybody else that they don't know what to do with it. They're like, take it home. I don't know what to do with your vulnerability, Uh, you know, handle it. And, but if we're sharing it as if we are handling it, but we're just sharing it. And that takes me to a beautiful title of, of a part of your book, which is having a really effing conversation, right? And that's what it is. It's like, I'm a human, I'm not a robot. And so probably half of the things that I'm sharing with you, you probably have also ex- experienced sometime in your life. So you can relate. When I'm afraid, you've been afraid before. If I'm anxious, you know, when I care about your admiration, or, you know, what if you think I'm a fraud? What if da 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 da? You've probably experienced exactly the same things in other scenarios. So we can actually connect in the human. Aspect of ourselves, and then work collaboratively to, you know, kind of like boost and collaborate, move forward for, you know, our companies or whatever relationship we have. So, say what you mean by having a real effing conversation.
0: Yeah. So that uh, that chapter really comes from my personal journey of, you know, once, you know, my book kind of talks about going through a divorce and things like that uh, on my, my personal journey. And one of the things I've learned, um, from, from that experience is just trying to find out who you really are. Like, who are you? Right. I'm not talking about in the context of, you know, who are you in front of a family front, like just who, so if you were in a room by yourself and nobody can hear you and you can describe yourself and the values that you stand for, like, what would that be? And for me, it was, all my values came from some external source, right? So, for instance, you know, um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, partake in, you know, for instance, drinking alcohol or something because of a cultural norm or a religious norm, or I believed in certain things because, you know, culturally it was expected of that, or when you grew up, your parents kind of instilled that into you, and you almost never questioned it; you just went with it right? And you just kept on following it. That's something you've always done. You've gone through it, you know, whether it be, you know, whatever influences are around you. But if you just stopped and just erased all of that and said, who are you really? And for me, I remember, uh, you know, I talk about this in my book, but I remember taking my phone out and starting to describe who the F am I? And I literally had nothing to type because I, I truly didn't know. Um, now I could tell you who, who, who was I in certain context, you know, this is who I am, you know, ABC, depending upon what's happening or whatever. But if I were to take everything away and just say, who are you, what would you say? And when you're describing who you are, uh, you also have to look at where's that coming from? Is that really coming from you within or is it coming from some external source that you're trying to appease because almost most of the time that's what we're trying to do and that is the most liberating feeling is when you can have that honest conversation with yourself free of guilt free of shame you know forget forget what society thinks about what your thoughts are or forget what your family's going to think or whatever institution you follow but just you as an individual. If you can figure that out, I can I can guarantee you that'll be the most liberating feeling because I know it was for me because once I answered that, then it opened up a whole different chapter for me. Whole different decisions, whole different values, whole different way of approaching things, and it was my way and nobody else's. And it made sense to me because, you know, I can it came from within. So It may not agree with certain institutions, cool. It may not agree with certain ideologies, great, but I can make those decisions coming from myself because that's who I am.
2: Absolutely. Everyone, Personal Business by Shweb Ahmad, using the ASA way to build an inspired purposeful team. Um, Now you talked about holding values and um, you 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 talk about that in your book about um how to find your values and hold them and own them and be accountable to them so uh when you own those values and you take a stand on them and are accountable for your behaviors and how you you move forward uh that's how you not only you're doing that for yourself but also creating a team that As a leader, you're holding your team to this, you know, either the same values or a shared value that everybody has together. And then, you know, keeping themselves accountable and everybody else keeping the team accountable um, and, and moving forward from that. So can you share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, sure. So when we talk about values, I guess I should I should quantify a little bit and say it's really authentic values, values that come that are important to you as as an individual not necessarily values that you know that come from other um, sources aside from yourself so as an individual when you figure out what those values are the decisions you'll make in life will be made through those lines otherwise if you a don't know your values or b they're not authentic values uh situations in life will become very very that much more difficult to navigate because you know what you kind of want to do but then you kind of don't want to do that you know you're you're almost in between you're a little wishy-washy um so i kind of apply that also in the business sense as an organization you know what what's your value system as an organization and every every decision that you make whether it be financial or non-financial has to be made within those contexts, and so I talk about in the book about certain times where there are certain decisions that have to be made at the organizations that in the organization that fit in with our value system, however, gave up short-term revenue, and that's hard as a business owner. Giving up any revenues is difficult, um, but when you but when you make those kind of decisions, it creates a messaging to the rest of your team. That, okay, this is what this co- company stands for. And it's not just me saying, hey, this is our value system. Everybody follow it. It's the employees will observe your actions more than your words, because they've heard it all before, you know, right? Every job they've been to, every job interview they've been to, they've been told almost the same thing. It's a great place. We, you know, we we recognize individuals and all that kind of stuff. But when the organization makes a decision, that has a very profound effect on the messaging you're sending to your employees and to your entire team. And so the way I think the best way is, fit, you know, know your personal values, find an employer that shares that same values, and that is going to make a really dynamic team.
2: Last, um, what you say is commit to your commitments. So um when you set up and that you know still kind of like follows the conversation of accountability that if you say that these are my commitments whether on a personal level or whether on a team level or on a leadership level or your company um if that you're setting up commitments then you actually do need to commit your commitments or you're not going to be authentic in that way
0: right that's that's correct and you know, one of the examples is, you know, we were, COVID by itself, the actual year of COVID wasn't too bad for us. It was the two years subsequent to COVID that was pretty pr- uh, pretty brutal in our business. And um, I started to, obviously, as a business owner, the first thing you're looking at is financials, right? you're looking at projections, where are we going with this? Um, a lot of shutdowns, and we represent strictly corporate clients. And yeah, you know, and we, you know, they're Fortune 10 clients. Um, and the reason I say that is because when they shut down, it's it's a big impact on our on our business. And so a lot of the corporations were grounded during uh, COVID. There was nobody was working, uh, and things like that. And so obviously it was impacting our inventory levels at the law firm. Uh, and obviously if we don't have that work coming in, attorneys don't really have much work to work on. Your revenue stops. You know, it's a whole it's a whole situation. Um, but I did look at that, but I also looked at what's going on with people, like what's going on with my team. Um, and what are the certain things people are dealing with during COVID? And even though the numbers didn't look well at all, uh, at that point, um, I knew that I had to kind of reach out to my team members and say, Hey, you know, I'm in this with you. I get, I, you know, I understand from a business sense what's happening, but it's also very important to me that that I'm able to provide resources to my employees of trying to, you know, mentally help them and say, we're in this together, you know? And so one of the things we did was, you know, we had closed up the office, um, you know, a couple couple of months afterwards, and uh, we closed it up for a day and just had every, we took everybody to kind of like a spa day of just being away from everything and just getting that relaxation and being able to kind of rewire and things like that. Now, obviously, financially, that that was a hit, right? We we're already, you know, going well within the red at that point. Um, but for me, the cost of that is minimal compared to having my best employees come back fully charged. And again, it's messaging. So when we made when we made that decision, it created a huge message. That you know what our employer does look out for us, that we're just not someone that he's concerned for the for his bottom line.
2: Beautiful, yes. Um. So when you're looking at the commitment of the company, how do you, uh, based on your um, ASA way, how do you as leaders uh, come uh, come to a meeting? Being authentic, having real conversations, living your values, and bringing it, and commit to your commitment. In a nutshell,
0: from a business aspect, um, that needs to come from top and bottom. And what I mean by that is, you know, when when employers create that kind of atmosphere. Um, creates that message it's going to make employees feel more and more comfortable of kind of coming forward and saying things one of the things i do is i you know one of the things i emphasize at the firm is my job is not to you know uh be this person that's just going to uh either reward you or punish you that's not my job my job is to put you in the best position to succeed in order for me to do that yes, I do know your strengths, but I also need to know what's happening outside of this business world because that's going to impact it. And so if I have a case where, you know, we're talking million dollar exposures and, you know, I look at one of my best attorneys, for instance, and on an ideal day, I would probably assign it to him or her. But if I know that there's other things, you know, this person may be dealing with, by me assigning that case to that person, I may be just, you know, exasperating everything else that's that's happening with this person. And I'm not putting that person in the best place to succeed at all. But I can only do that if the employee if I create a culture where employees feel comfortable enough to tell me those things. Now they're not telling me that because they're just trying to put baggage on me. They're telling me that so that as you know, as the coach, you know, as a leader. I know what I need to do to make sure that this person is going to be in the best position to succeed on this case and in their career. Sometimes you gotta hit the pause button that's okay. You need that Um, because I can't afford my best employees burning out just because they feel like they have to keep going no matter what's happening. Um, And so it's a really a top bottom approach. So it's not just employers doing it. It's also employees to look at your own value system. You need to be honest with yourself. Um, and so we need to do this together and that's the only way this thing is going to work because if there's any sort of a distrust, either way, uh, you're not going to be able to align that leadership thought together and, you know, little things when we start meetings, for instance, I will, I will start meeting with something of vulnerability about what's happening with me. Right. And so for instance, I tell people, you know, let's, you know, let's go around and just do one simple phrase. I am feeling blank. Just give me that blank word. And we, I mean, there's 28 of us uh, at the Illinois office. So, you know, we can't just sit there and talk. But I say, I am feeling blank. Just give me your blank word. And people just say they're one words, one words, one words, one words. But then just from the word that they use, other team members kind of get it. I get it. And other team members also get it. And so when you're working together and you understand the context of your team, you can, you know, you can put yourselves in a really, really good position to succeed.
2: It's a culture of caring and commitment. So it's just human caring to with each other and know that we're not just there as robots, but we bring all of ourselves into any space and kind of um, acknowledging that, you know, that I come into this space every morning not as a blank state, but I come in with all my other personal things. So it's like, okay, let's just first be human. Yeah, we all have these feelings, we all have these states, And now what are we committing to? How do we want to be in in today? What are we focusing on? So as an acknowledgement and uh, honoring, and then yet, putting the focus on what we're accountable for in our commitment. Everyone get this book personal business by Shwe ahmad using the asa way to build an inspired purposeful team um in one minute anything we haven't shared that you really really want people to know
0: well i uh the book obviously is available on all different platforms um, from iBooks to Kindle, to audiobooks, um, things like that. So it's very accessible. It's on Amazon and things like that. But I encourage people to read it because there's this conversation that we're still not having as people. Um, And, you know, especially at a time where it's kind of expected to have these conversations, there's something holding all of us back uh, from having these real authentic conversations. And I, you know, while I was writing the book, it was almost therapeutic for me as well, um, because it was really also an opportunity for me to just come out and say, hey, this is who I am. You know, I just got really sick of living, you know, different, you know, playing different parts and different roles and things like that. And when I started the law firm, I remember telling myself that this when I, when I, when people walk into my office, I don't want them to feel like they're in a law firm. That was my goal. Um, because the, when you walk in a law firm, it's not the most comfortable feeling. Um, it's not the most welcoming place. Um, so we've created a culture at my firm. So for instance, everybody has a playlist. Okay. Uh, every day we play somebody else's playlist in the office and, you know, normally that's not something law firms do. Uh, But the reason I do that is to create that culture that we're more than just, you know, attorneys who are just spitting out rules and case law and things like that, just humanizes everybody. And I and so I really encourage people to read it. And I think it'll cause people to not only reflect on, you know, the whole business aspect of it, but I think more importantly, it'll it'll make people reflect on themselves. Um, You know, at a time where I think, we need to have this conversation and I think it's well overdue of having these honest conversations. And like I've mentioned before, this book has caused a ton of people to come forward, people I've known, people I've never met, um, and share their stories. Uh, and it's amazing what stories are out there. And in the book, I talk about growing up in domestic violence, growing up in, um, you know, and being homeless for a little bit and growing up and not having certain resources when I was a little kid. And, and I always felt something was wrong with me. I really did. I almost felt like I, you know, that there was something in me that just wasn't right. And that's why I'm in the situation I'm in. Um, and had someone just come forward and shared some stories about themselves or, you know, or even if, you know, I can, I can cross someone who I had the ability to share stories with and they say, hey, Shwe, That's that's normal, man. Like you may think it's not, but it is. It's just nobody's talking about it you know, and so just having these conversations with your family and friends, I think there's a great value in that as well.
2: Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for bringing both of your vulnerability, authenticity, your strength, all of it today for us and with all of our viewers and audience. Thank Uh, you
0: for having me. Great
2: pleasure to have you. Where can people find you?
0: Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, if you can look up um, ASA Law Group, you know, Google it. We're, we're all over the web. Um, I'm also, like I said, I'm on LinkedIn. You can uh, search me by my name or you can search me by the book or search me uh, by my company. Um, so it should not be too, too hard to find me.
2: Beautiful. Shway Bahmed, everyone. Um, and uh, it was a great pleasure to have you.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: And for all of you who are there, out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.
1: Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.